0: This is episode 145. We'll just jump straight into it. You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show, or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. We are so happy that you have decided to join us for these 30 minutes in episode 145 um, of us discussing the biblical narrative. And uh, since last we recorded, we've gotten just ever so closer to having a hundred or two hundred ratings on Apple iTunes, otherwise known as Apple Podcast. So we really appreciate that you guys answered the call. You guys really came through for us. We got a whole bunch more written reviews, ratings on all of our platforms. So we really appreciate that. As well as um, and would
1: not complain for a few more. So thanks. Yes. So so close will, to 200. Will you reviews? be number 200? Yeah.
0: <laughs> also, we love it when you guys write into us and you have been doing so into our website better than fictionbiblepodcast.com. That's probably for me anyway. That's like my number one. I, mm-hmm. I like that more than anything else. Although the um the the things that help us via the algorithm also are pretty good. But, you know, one day I have a dream that we will be in the first page of search results when you type in Bible podcast. <laughs> I want to I want to be within the first 25 results. Was,
2: was that an intentional segue? I was going to say, it we're going to talk
1: about dreams today. But yeah. hey, b- before we do, I do want to make mention that we missed you all last week. Uh, both Nathan and myself were at the Mississippi Baptist Convention. And uh, because of that, we were not able to get together to record. And uh, Gandalf was at a Renaissance fair. Somewhere up in the northeast, isn't that right?
0: That's correct. Was, which, uh, which was, those the,
2: those two events probably aren't that far apart. You know, like on the <laughs> on the spectrum of activities, bunch of pastors hanging out, Renaissance fair. They're probably, I mean, you could probably hit both events in the same day and like look like you fit at it both. It's
1: um, right. So I, I do have a question regarding uh, the pictures that you sent us from the Renaissance fair. Like you're dressed up
0: as, I'm like. Well, I'd say a generic fantasy ranger. I was just I gonna say, I'm like, did he, I, it looks very did I get Lord, Lord of the Rings ish.
1: Uh, yeah, he just put it on our uh, chat feed there. What? <laughs> this yeah, guy. I,
0: it looks uh, very Aragornish to me. You could have
2: made it at the pastors' convention.
0: <laughs> and you know, will you believe me if I say that I didn't really spend much on this costume because it was made piecemeal from things I already owned? Hey, so, so I didn't even... Matt and I were in a meeting the other day
2: and. Um, there are a bunch of pastors in the room, and I've never been, like, Matt is more stylish than I am, but I've never been, like, a stylish dude. And I was just looking at the round, and I was like, I dress like a Baptist pastor. Like, this is what I grew up with, and this is my, <laughs> like, this is my, this is home base for my sense of style. Like, if you take a look at my wardrobe, you will see a lot of khaki and plaid.
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the it's it, the safest option. It, just just Earth to give tones, a quick plug.
1: Just a quick plug for our state convention. Uh, to, I know people listen to us from literally all over the world, mostly all over the country, uh, and some of you may not even know who Southern Baptists are, or if all you know of us is what you read in the news, probably, uh, and perhaps deservedly so, uh, have a negative view of who Southern Baptists are. And let me just say, the Mississippi Baptist Convention is always an encouragement to me personally as a baptist pastor uh nathan i know you feel the same way man and we are blessed with some incredible pastors we are so blessed uh dr sean parker is the director of our convention he's our executive treasurer director which is kind of essentially the, the the lead office in directing convention matters and that if you're not familiar with baptist polity is that each of our churches is autonomous so for instance we don't have, you know, an archbishop somewhere that we're accountable to. We're accountable to the congregation ultimately. Hopefully, all of us understand we're accountable to God first and foremost. But um, we are blessed in Mississippi. And Mississippi, also another thing you may not know about this, there there's there's not actually there may be one Baptist mega church in Mississippi. I can think of one, maybe two.
0: First Baptist uh, Tupelo.
1: Uh, no, no, we're not a mega church, man. But uh, we are of mega importance to God, as every manifestation of His local church is. And uh, well, said. but anyway, one of the one of the things is when I go to the Mississippi Baptist Convention, is that I just rub shoulders with guys that love the local church, and there, there's you don't get the the feeling you're you know, walking around with people with big heads and celebrity and hobnobbing and any, it's not like that at all. It's, it's a, it's a band of brothers and sisters and it, dude, it just bless. I'm, I don't want to linger on. It just blesses me every year. And I'm so grateful to be a Mississippi Baptist.
2: I second the motion.
1: Amen. See, that's
2: that's funny because there's been a lot of business meetings in the last couple of days. (laughs)
1: I move that nomination cease. There we go. (laughs) All right. So today uh, we want to move forward in the text and uh, we're going to kind of hit a 30,000 foot view of the text today. Uh, As you all know, we have been in the Jacob and the Esau story. Jacob has stolen Esau's blessing at the instruction of his mother. Esau has married more people. Um, and now is very angry and wants to kill his brother for stealing his blessing. Uh, His mother, uh, Rebecca, very wisely has encouraged Jacob to go to Badan Aram, and that is now also seconded by the instruction really comes from Isaac when he tells Jacob to go and find a wife there. And so now Jacob is essentially leaving the home that he has known his whole life with Isaac and Rebekah, and he is out on his own in the wilderness. Uh, so he is not being exiled, so we should not think of Cain here. Uh, but he is leaving the family, and he's, he's going out on his own. Uh, So we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 28 and verse number four, and we're only going to read. I'm going to read today because it's just going to be a few verses, and then I want to immediately ask you all some questions. Um, All right. So I want to talk about dreams today. Gandalf already hit on that, but dreams are of monumental importance in the scripture. Uh, So let let me read the text to you. And then we're not going to unpack this specific dream this time. We're going to talk about dreams at the 30,000-foot view and how they impact the Bible and how they impact our lives as well. But let me read you these couple of verses. As always, ESV, Genesis chapter 28, um, verses 10 and following. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set, taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in the place to sleep. He And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set, up, set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So first question goes to Dr. Van Horn. Uh Dr. Van Horn, how important are dreams in the Bible?
0: Very. That's the shortest answer <laughs> I've ever That's the shortest yeah, that's answer right. I've ever
2: given to anything.
0: Roll the credits music. Y- you know, it's yeah, right.
2: What's what's <laughs> funny is uh one time in a seminar, uh my I had a professor who was very big on concision uh when answering questions. And it's, it's like he held the whole class captive and he's like, I'm going to sit here and ask Nathan questions until he can give me a one word answer. And like (laughs) he, he, he framed this one question and everyone was so excited. And like, I just, I meant, I meant to answer in one word, but I accidentally said two words and everyone was like, there's this complete loss of hope.
0: No.
1: So very, Mm -hmm. very important. There we go. So, um, Now help us understand, because when we hear the word dream, it's like a lot of words in the Bible, um, the way we use it and the way they use it aren't entirely the same. Like, for example, I was reading about the word grace last night and grace in English can mean something in the sense of like somebody's appearance is, wow, they are so graceful, uh, but typically in the Bible, when the word is used, it's not really talking about an appearance. It, it's it's talking about something entirely different, a, a, an undeserved mercy that is shown.
2: So um, un- unpack what you're suggesting about dr- dreams for me.
1: Well, so let me give this to you. So, for instance, one of the most famous dreamers, when you come to uh, Americans, uh The most famous American speech that talks about a dream would be Martin Luther King Jr. When he said famously, I have a dream, Uh, dreaming that one day that uh, civil rights would be something that it was not in that day and that um, people would not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And so that is probably the most famous uh, American. Yeah. Dream. So so we. You're
2: so you're saying when we hear uh, dream, you think of social or pol- uh, like a a a launching point to communicate social or political change. Sometimes when we think of dreams, we think of chasing your dreams, pursuing your aspirations in life. Uh, yeah, because makes-
1: the most famous American dreamer in that fact and or in that facet would be none other than Walt Disney. Um. Uh, here's just a couple of Walt Disney quotes. All of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Here's another Walt Disney. I was thinking the whole
2: when you wish upon a star thing.
1: Yeah. If you can dream it, you can do it. Remember that this whole thing started with a dream and a mouse. So like, so what does Walt Disney mean there? Is he talking about the same kind of dream? Is Martin Luther King Jr. talking about the same kind of dream that we're reading about in Scripture? Well, and then we also-
2: We also can't not hear like we live in the post, you know, so much of the social sciences are a product of the last 150 years or less. But a lot of us, when we hear the language of dream and interpreting dreams, we can't help but hear, uh, you know, Freudian psychoanalysis, uh, the interpretation of dreams, you know, uh, what symbols mean, how, you know, all all of uh, how are dreams related to the subject. That's certainly not the Bible's. I'm not saying it's entirely unrelated to the Bible's framework, but that's certainly not the. That's certainly not the Bible's framework, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, okay. Well, now that I know what you're not asking, I, I have a better idea. You know. So, what's interesting is dream, dreams. Biblically, are a means through which God and 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 one of the one of the hard to nail down things is dreams are a means by which God communicates in Scripture. Um, but God's people aren't the only people who have dreams in Scripture. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> like
2: by by the, you know, so just within King the book, of, uh, even before that, um, Pharaoh, <laughs> uh, Pharaoh, uh, Pharaoh's uh, when Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker are in prison with with Joseph. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Even they Pharaoh. both have a dream. And 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 so often, you know, God's God's servant is not always the one who has the dream. Sometimes God's servant is the one who interprets the dream. Um mm-hmm. i I think you get a really good read even even though I can't think of a story where Moses has a dream, I can think of a story where um where God says that he communicates with Moses that way the The story that comes to mind is numbers twelve when Miriam mm-hmm. and Aaron challenge oh, yeah. Moses does does has Moses only speak us? for God? yeah does yeah. god Lord only speak through Moses? yeah, doesn't he speak through us? Yeah. And and the Lord, it's, uh, numbers 12, four following says, so the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, uh, you three, uh, come out of that tent meeting, uh, come out of the tent, of, uh, not out of that tent meeting, like a revival service, come out of the tent, uh, t- come out to the tent of meetings. Dude, it's 2023. A lot of people don't even know what that
1: is. Um, so. for, for, well, <laughs> forgive,
2: forgive my inability to read. Um, uh, and, and I was reading from the CSB. So like, it's, it's just, uh. It's a uh, offense upon offense, and suddenly oh, the no. Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, "Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting." There, I read it right, uh, correctly. Uh, and the three of them came out, and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent, and called to Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward, and he said, "Hear my words. Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him." In a dream. So it's interesting. When God speaks through dreams, God is, even if the dream feels vague, God is trying to communicate something
1: very specific. Um, uh, Gandalf, what I, I know, I mean, gosh, you have been in church your entire life. What are famous dreams in the Bible that stick out to you?
0: Um, I'm thinking, well, I mean, Jo- uh Joseph's dream. That's right. probably the most famous in the whole Bible. Right. Of uh,
1: interpreting uh are you talking about Joseph as in the uh father of Jesus?
0: Well well, or are you talking about interpreting but I was I was talking about um uh, uh, the interpreting Co- Pharaoh's minute. dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and we'll uh, and we'll I'm come also... back to
2: Joseph dreaming in a, uh, a future episode. Sure. Not just not just when we get to Joseph's dream, we'll talk about that with relation to what's happening at uh,
1: Bethel. I'm
0: also thinking uh, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. just Nebuchadnezzar, but also in the Book of Daniel, Daniel himself. That's right. Uh, Daniel himself has dreams.
2: Y'all forgive me and- fighting my mental soundtrack. I can't go. I can't decide between the tangled, uh, the tangled soundtrack. <laughs> I've had a dream, and then, and then you've got Ozzy Osbourne in the background. I'm just a dreamer. Let's go with Tangled. Let's let's probably go with Tangled. Dream on. Oh, Aerosmith. There you go. Uh,
0: yeah, there we go. Can, do y'all hear? Do y'all ask, hear the? Can y'all
2: hear the sound of people unsubscribing in the background? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the numbers are going down. Yeah. Let me let me ask a question. This is a on-topic question. Is there a distinction in the Bible between like visions and dreams? Are they two different things, or is that or are, are they just distinct? or are uh, they the same thing? So interesting, you say visions and dreams
1: because it's a part of answering They're often that go question, together, yeah, yeah. So as a sign that the kingdom age has begun and the Holy Spirit is poured out on humanity, Peter quotes the prophet Joel in Acts two and talks about visions and dreams. That's very interesting uh, and yeah in acts that two out. seventeen. Yeah, I've got it right here and it says, and in the last days, it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy. Now, what's interesting there is that it is linking dreams and visions. Is it fair to say, Nathan, that it's linking dreams and visions with prophecy?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's again, that's going straight back to Numbers 12. Like that's right. If there's a prophet among you, I will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak with him in a
1: dream. You got a trifecta there. Right. Uh, Out of curiosity, uh, cause I do want to talk about dreams and visions. What about you all? Like,
0: uh, do you all have dreams? Do you remember your dreams? I, I do that weird thing. I'm sure everyone else does. Where like the first 30 seconds after I wake up, I kind of remember mm. the dream, but then it kind of like just slips between your fingers, like trying to cup water in your hands. And then you forget like by the time you're brushing your teeth, mm. I gotcha. The uh,
1: um, so um I have a- you ever
0: had a reoccurring dream, Gendal? Um, yes, I have had reoccurring dreams. Y'all
2: forgive my irreverence or perceived irreverence. My like the first place my mind went was that really bad dad joke in Mary Poppins about the guy who dreams he he ate a giant pillow, and they were like, "Well, how did you feel when you woke up?" And he said, "Not bad, a little down in the mouth." <laughs> um, uh, you no, know, he dreamed he ate a giant marshmallow. Anyway, um, yeah, the uh. Yeah, so I I've had a have had ai do want to ask this question to Gandalf, um, just to highlight something, one way or the other. Gandalf, if you did have a recurring dream, what was your first? What's your first thought about a recurring dream? If the imagery sticks with you, is your first thought, "What is going on in my subconscious," or is your
0: first thought, "What is God trying to tell me"? Um, I I immediately go to like trying to find meaning within within it. Like it's like okay, I've had a dream more uh, more than once. Yeah, like what's the mean? What does it mean?
2: Yeah, so like. What, what am I, what am I really thinking? But, but our first thought in our context is not what God, what is God communicating? You know, like that's what I'm trying to highlight.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. You're not immediately assuming that God is trying to speak to you through a dream. That's right. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I want to
2: highlight. So I, I had a pastor ask me and he, he came to me somewhat, I was doing a, a speaking event out of town um i was actually doing a disciple now and it was I, th- I think it was a pastor um or one of the adult chaperones uh, and th- they seemed to be a little bit troubled by it they're like uh, nathan do you think god can communicate through dreams um and i said well there's certainly a pretty strong record for that biblically um right. but they they of course weren't asking biblically they asked if i thought you know they're asking do i think that's something god still uses um, and I said that, you know, that's not been a regular facet of my walk with God, but I I, I hate to answer fuzzy. I, I personally don't want to close the door on that. I'm so thankful that anytime you know, God is not bound to what makes the most immediate sense to Nathan Van Horn. Praise God, because he's much bigger yeah. and better than I am. Um, but also, uh, God never leaves himself without a witness. We always have uh, some of the best advice ever received. We always have the word of God before us. The people of God around us, and if we believe in Christ, the Spirit of God within us, and mm-hmm. if 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 God chooses what we regard as an unconventional means of communicating with us, which Acts two and you know pulling on the Old Testament prophets sure does seem to suggest, if God picks an unconventional means uh, like a dream, God will align that w- align that with how He's using the community of faith around us
1: and the Word before us, right? Um, yeah, I, I I like that, Nathan. Um, in fact, I actually uh, do, have y'all ever read uh, George Mueller's uh, "How to Ascertain the Will of God"? I have yeah. not. Oh man, I, I'm just going to give him to you. A book
0: Nathan hasn't read?
1: Well, it's actually it's not a book. It's <laughs> it's just a, it's a section in um one of his writings, and I can't remember exactly oh. where it is. But uh, so here here's that hurt, Gandalf. I can just. I can just give you, it's six steps and I can give them to you really, really quick. Uh, It says, this is George Mueller remembered of being a Christian prayer warrior. Um, He said, I seek at the beginning to get my heart into such a state that it has no will of its own in regard to a given matter. Nine-tenths of the trouble with people is just here. Nine-tenths of the difficulties are overcome when our hearts are ready to do the Lord's will, whatever it may be part two is this having done this i do not leave the result to simple to feeling of simple impression if i do so i make myself liable to great delusions it made me think of what you just said there Uh, third uh, i seek the will of god through or in connection with the word of god the spirit and the word must be combined uh four next i take into account providential circumstances These often plainly indicate God's will in connection with His Word and the Spirit. Five, I ask God in prayer to reveal His will to me aright. And then six, thus through prayer to God, the study of the Word and reflection, I come to deliberate judgment according to the best of my ability and knowledge. And if my mind is thus at peace and continues after two or three more petitions, I proceed accordingly. It always blesses me that at the end of it, George Mueller said, "I still had to make a decision." <laughs> but, I, but it, it, anyway. this is—it's kind, of, is kind of the I,
2: I heard in that what was said of.
1: Did I lose you, Nathan? Nathan. He's okay. still recording, so we should be good. Yeah.
0: We lost you, bro. All right, just don't don't stop recording. Keep going. I'm I'm not. Hello. Hello.
2: Hey, there you are. All uh, right, yeah. Hey, it reminds me yeah, of something re- re- that someone said the other day at the convention, Matt. Uh they were mm-hmm. talking about Nehemiah, I believe, and they said he never acted without praying, but he never prayed without acting.
1: Ooh, that's
2: so good, um, yeah. Oh, I loved it. Uh by the way, welcome to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, George Mueller. You are welcome, friend. That was a good word. Um, but uh, so I, I do want to highlight, like, uh, coming back to the passage, which we talked very little about real quick. It, it's interesting to me what's going on when Jacob has his dream. Like, Jacob has not yet become Israel, right? But he's, that's right. he's, he's setting off on a journey. He is leaving his country, his kinfolk, and his father's house.
1: That's right. And, it's just going g-
2: back the other way. Yeah, he's going back the other way. Now he's going to come back to the land of promise. Sure. But this is very Abrahamic. Right. Uh Abraham also has a dream. Um but it is it is when it, in other words what God is doing is not divorced in this passage from Jacob doing something as well. Uh and I I so, please please don't hear me talking about like synergism and salvation. That is so not what I'm talking No, about.
1: I, I uh, um, yeah, I understand that. But what about yeah. what about you personally, Nathan? Like we asked Gandalf, Uh
2: I, I speak about this very uh, reservedly. Matt has heard uh, some of my uh, test, a lot of my testimony in greater detail. I don't think all of it's for uh, the podcast. Um, I've had a handful of times in my life when uh, I've just had those louder than sound moments with God, um, and uh, mm. uh, one or two times have it, have probably involved a uh, dream. Uh, not, uh, I will say this, not ex. Not exclusively through that uh, medium, uh, but uh, but involving hmm. that.
1: Uh, uh, but, so uh, so like in my own life, uh, so there actually dreams have played some significant roles at pivotal moments, but these are very few. Yeah. Like for instance, I don't know what the percentage is, but if if let's say I've had a thousand dreams in my life, less than five work were ones that I thought were specifically used by God. If does that, is that like, yeah, I I would
2: say this and I would say this of many biblical characters, um, certainly not putting myself in in such an esteemed company. Um, I've had, you know, a a very small handful of decisions have involved something related to this, but they were the type of decisions that were going to affect a whole lot more decisions. Um, well, like, so, like called a ministry type thing. You know what I'm yeah, saying?
1: So for actually there was a, a reoccurring dream that I had in my call process to come to first Baptist Tupelo, which was, uh, you shared extended, that. You yeah, said, it was yeah. a 22 month process and it was very, very vivid. Um, you were I worth the wait then. friend. Um, and so was, were they. Oh yeah. got Good, yeah. Good folks all around.
2: Good folks all around.
1: Uh, also. There was another experience I had, Gandalf, when you mentioned visions earlier, I think, and when I say this, I think, because um, keep in mind, man, I grew up and remain a Southern Baptist, and talking about such things in our circles doesn't exactly get you street cred, Um <laughs> uh, but I think I've had one vision in my life uh where... It was actually during a very difficult season. It was actually right prior to a difficult season. Um, We had lost my son, and my daughter had been born after his death, and that we were not sure if we were going to have any more children. And I had a vision while stepping literally over the threshold from my bedroom to my bathroom. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, just calling it a vision, All of the sudden, I saw a grassy field and a a probably 11, 12-year-old boy running at me in a cross-country uniform. Um, And he looked just like Andrea, uh, which, by the way, if you know, I have two sons, one of which died. This is before the second one was born. And my first son looked very much like me, looked nothing like his mother. But this young man in the vision looked just like andrea and had brown light brown not dark brown light brown very floppy hair very different than his brothers and uh i told andrea right after that my impression it lasted about two sec- two seconds and my impression was andrea i think we're going to have a son but i didn't know that like i want to be clear like i still even to this day don't know what to do with that i don't know where that fits or how that fits but I can say that I do have a son today. His name is Peter. He's he the only look child like his, I have. He don't look he like He do like does not look like me, and he is the only <laughs> child. All of my kids are blondies. He is the only child that has light brown hair. And so was that a vision? Was it from God? I'm inclined to say yes, but it's only through hindsight that I reflect on that and say Sir, yeah. may I refer you to the writings of George Mueller? Yeah, that's that's it. It's just you don't. It would it would be very chaotic and foolish to make decisions based off of a dream because there've been other things that are just way out way out there that it would be foolish for me to assume. Um, can I share one more from just pastoral experience? We this, got time. Go we, for we it. We got time. So there's there's this lady in our church. This happened in the last six to eight months. Uh, she and her mother practicing Buddhists for 25 years. I, I um, was, this was unbelievable when you shared with this with me in real yes, time. Yes, yes. And so I— And here we are. Uh, yeah, man. I began sharing the gospel with her because she started coming to our church with her fiancé, who was a Christian. And uh, they were kind of hesitant on getting married and had questions like, hey, we don't know if we need to do this. Uh, because of the difference of religion and stuff like that. So I entered the conversation. Anyway, I started sharing the gospel with this girl and she had tons of questions. This young lady's my age um, and tons of questions about the gospel, multiple conversations with her, her fiance, talking about the gospel and just kept running into uh, roadblocks uh, just because Buddhism and Christianity are very different. And the biggest roadblock for her was, you're asking me to believe in someone I can't see. And my response to her was, have you ever seen the Buddha? And she said, well, no, not in person. And anyway, fast forward to two weeks later, she comes back after meeting with uh, me that two weeks prior. She had a vision, she said, of Jesus, and that Jesus... Um, was in front of her and then hugged her. And this all took place, by the way, during a meditation se- session with at her, or her Buddhist gathering where they were told to imagine in your mind's eye standing before your guru. And she said, I was overwhelmed and I saw who I believed to be Jesus. He held me. And she said, and then I zoomed up above the earth and I looked down on the globe, and I saw a white light covering the world, and she said, "I realized in this moment that Jesus exists, and that he loves me and Then the next time she met with me, she was all of the obstacles were gone. she prayed to receive Christ, she joined her church uh she's scheduled to be baptized, she's wanting to be baptized in the lake behind her house. I'm supposed to do that for her um and I say all of that to say, yeah, that's pretty abnormal, but it literally transformed this woman from resistant to accepting of who Christ was. And so, I mean, how do you explain that? You can't. It's just, but, you know, it's here.
0: Uh, I love that story. That's incredible. Uh, Well, I I know it's been a longer episode, and and we're going to talk— I have
1: something very practical I want to say about this, but I want to hold it till next time. Yeah, there, we need to dig more on this because we want to talk specifically about his dream, Jacob's dream. Yeah, but because actually, I, there's there's, there, there's some very practical takeaways from his dream. Yeah. Uh, uh, curiosity, uh, listener, if you have thoughts on this, we'd love to hear them. You can certainly send us a, a message at betterthenvictionbiblepodcast dot com. And perhaps just you've had a dream.
2: Don't don't communicate uh, through unsubscribing, though.
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, for instance, maybe you're where you know we are, and you know, is is this something that is, you know, from God, or is this just something from you know subconscious or or whatever? Let me just say this: it's okay not to know, and and uh, it's
2: okay not to agree with us.
1: That's right, absolutely. If you think we're crazy, that you. Aren't the only ones. So. And as I
0: say, if you don't think we're crazy, give us time.
1: Yeah, that's right. it's
0: okay not to. It's okay not to know, and it's okay to not agree with us. But you know what's not okay? Remaining unsubscribed <laughs> to the is. Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. <laughs> this guy. Well, we received a, uh, a a scathing critique a few months ago, but lo and behold, it was from a subscriber. So you know what? Mm. I'm okay with it. Amen. So. <laughs> amen and amen. Listener, hit that plus. Hit the plus mark on Apple Podcasts. Hit the check box on Spotify, The Heart, on Google Podcasts, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. That way you receive a notification every Tuesday morning and the algorithm knows that this is worthwhile content and more people can hear it. So please join us next week. We're going to keep talking about dreams. We're going to keep discussing the biblical narrative. Until then, you have a great one. See you next time. Shalom. Here comes the money, 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 money.
1: All right.